Well, I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. It may be where your pages stick together. Amen. What is it? Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for allowing us to be in your presence and, and to receive. Lord, we came to receive and, and bless you today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be doers of the word today and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 6. I'm going to use this as a text today. So built we the wall... And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. That sounds like unity to me. <clears throat> so, one of the things we see in this passage, and looking in Nehemiah, he had a heart to build the house of God. And so the thing we have to remember, though, is it starts with people. It starts with people. What, what, why do we build a place? Because we want to build people. We want to, what are we doing? We're making provision for people, that people could be built up. Now, I know we don't have 200 people in this room, but I'm not going to wait till we have 200 people in here. But, but we know that this is our time and that we're going to rise to the occasion. And people all through the Bible, we see that they rose to the occasion. When opportunities were there, they were ready. You know, it's important that you're ready. You know, I think about, um, uh, this just came to me. I wasn't even thinking about this, but just you, you think about all through history, different people. I know there was a... a a guy who was, um, he was um, called to fill in for uh, the New York Philharmonic. And uh, he just happened to be ready. He just happened to be ready. His name was Leonard Bernstein. And at 25 years of age, without any rehearsal, he steps in and, conduct, and, and leads an orchestra. And, and the rest was history. And he wrote, you know, many pieces and was a conductor for all those years. Very animated person too, but being ready and being in the right place at the right time. So the thing we should be concerned about more than anything is the kingdom of God. Why? Because I believe the time is very short. Amen. I believe that the, the, the last sand, grain, the grains of sand are, in the, in, are coming down before Jesus comes back. And so our service to the Lord is important. How many remember what Joshua 24, 15 says? As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You know, coming to church once every six months is not serving the Lord. You know, church, even if you attend regularly, that's not your service to the Lord. That's what you do to be built up. That's what you, you come in to be fed. And that's what church is about. That's why we're here. So that you can be built up 
You can be strengthened. You can be more than a conqueror. You can be an overcomer. So that Monday you go out and instead of being defeated, you'll be victorious. That's what church is about. That's what this place is about. But then we have our service to the Lord. What does that mean? Something that I'm doing for the Lord. It can be, and thank God for making coffee in the morning. Greeting people. You know, um, nursery, music, ushers. And so we're still in need of many good people. So if you would enlist, come see us. We'll, we'll have you enlisted today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so our service to God. You know, righteousness is not by works. How many realize that? Our righteousness, our right standing with God is not by works. But our service to the Lord and our rewards in heaven is by our works. Somebody says, well, you know, I'm not really interested in all that. He's, well, you know, you will be when you don't get any. When we stand before the Lord, we don't want to be ashamed. And so find your place today. I want you to, to take this as your mission in life, that you're going to find your place. You're going to find your, where you fit in the kingdom and don't quit and get busy about it. Amen. Because some, some, some people, they need to make up for lost time. <laughs> Amen. But I love what the Bible says. He says, I, and the psalmist says, I would rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a porter, I, you know, the, the doorkeeper in the house of my God than to enjoy the tents of wickedness. How many remember Moses? The, the Bible says that Moses that he suffered affliction with the people of God. But he, 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 rather, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yeah. See, sin has pleasure. Now, a lot of times you say that in church and people say, oh, no, oh, no. Then why, why do people do it? Why is it an enticement? Because it's enjoyable. All you, everyone here, I know they've been born again since they were two, but <laughs> that's, that's what the Bible says, that, that sin is pleasurable, but it's only for a season, only for a moment. And so Moses, he said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God. I'm going to suffer with the people of God because there's an everlasting reward. He said he had respect unto the recompense or the payment of the reward. Well, you're serving God because you're going to get something out of it. You're right about that. I'm going to get a reward. Hallelujah. So I want to preach about having a heart to build the kingdom of God. Having a heart to build the kingdom of God. Look in chapter 1 of Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace. Skip on down. Um, uh, verse 3, he said, They said to me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So Nehemiah 
he gets this report about the condition of Jerusalem. In verse 4, it says this, It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keeps covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you day and night for the children of Israel thy service and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes. Skip down um, to verse 10. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom you have redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. As we go and read in chapter 2, we see he stands before the king. And, he, and the king says, you know, hey, what's going on? You, your countenance is down and you're not sick. He says, verse 3, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lies waste and the gates are of a consumed with fire? The king says, for what do you make requests? So I pray to the God of heaven. And he goes on to, t- to ask of the king and ask for letters. He's going to go to the land of, uh, of Judah, which Jerusalem is there in, in Judah. And so we see here, um, verse 8, In a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which pertain to the house. Thank God we're not, we're not believing God to, to build something. We already have something. We just need to... Take possession. And for the house that I shall enter to, and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Verse 10. Then when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And so here, as he has his heart to go build, he goes and then in the course of this time, we see these two uh, people here that, that all throughout Nehemiah, that they try to stop the work. They try to stop what's going to happen with the building. So just because you have a heart to build, don't think that the enemy is excited when you start taking territory. (laughs) It says, and then I rose in the night and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And then skip down, he says... um, Verse 17, then said unto them, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lies waste and the gates are of a burn with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem. 
and we be no more a reproach. So as they would build, he said, as we build this, we're not going to be a reproach. We're going we're to do something for the Lord. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Look at verse 19. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn. Who's ever had the enemy laugh at you? And, and you know, you don't just usually hear some hideous laugh just in the air. It, he laughs through other people. Who, who are you? You know, laughed him to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? <laughs> then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. How are you going to fulfill God's plan? Because God of, the God of heaven, he's going to prosper you. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. You know, I think about what the Bible says. How many remember what Peter told um, Simon the sorcerer? The Bible says that Simon the sorcerer wanted to, he, he asked that he could pray and lay hands on people, they might receive the Holy Ghost. And, he, he, you know, he was asking for money. Peter looked at him and said, you have no part nor lot in this matter, for your, your heart is not right in the sight of God. <laughs> that's some pretty strong words. And so that's what Nehemiah He's dealing with here, and he says, our God's going to prosper us. We're going to have more than enough, but you have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. It's none of the devil's business what we're going to do. He's going to see it, though, because he's going to feel it. The enemy's going to feel it. Hallelujah. You know, I, I'm not going to have any grief when he gets his. When the enemy is cast into the lake of fire, I'm going to rejoice. Don't you have any pity for the devil? None whatsoever. I hate him. What do you mean, hate? Well, he's not a person. He's not a human being. I love people. But if you don't have a, a, a hatred for the enemy, you, you're not believing right. Amen. When you see what he does to people, how he just destroys people. And so he says, you have no portion or right in the memorial in Jerusalem. And as I said earlier, this is about building up people. It's not so you, we can go and, and say, oh, look what we did. Oh, look what we did. Look what the church did. No, this is look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Why? Because the only, here's the thing. There's a lot of churches in the world that are nothing but mausoleums, full of dead men's bones. Amen. And, and the, the, the person gets to speak, and there's nothing but cobwebs that come out. 
Amen. No living thing. So we're not interested just building some shrine to the dead or some dead assembly. Amen. We have to have life. Amen. The church is alive. You know what? A lot of times people in churches get large and they get big. And what happens is they let the power of God wane. Well, you know, we sure couldn't pray for the sick because the mayor's here. Well, you know, the governor's here, you know, and, you know, our pastor was preaching somewhere and the, um, he was the, uh, I think he was like the, the, the president of Burundi was there in Africa. And he said, um, he said, Lord, maybe um, we should have a, a, a little more tame service or, or something. You know, the president's here. He said, the president of Burundi didn't come here because he heard that you have nice services. <laughs> he came here because he heard that God is moving. Amen. <laughs> and I think he was the one that, that danced. He, he um, they, they had a, um, Pastor Rodney was invited to this event. And it was a, um, for the nation. It was a celebration. And he said, he said, I thought there was King David up there. He was, the, he was the head of the nation. And he got up and danced before the Lord. And I want to thank God. He said, I, th- I want to thank God for the flowers. I want to thank God for the trees. I want to thank God for, for everything. I want to thank God for this. In fact, the man, he was, when he was, um, when he w- was, um, sworn in to the nation, he actually, he said, I'm going to go down the length of, of my nation on a bicycle. And he said, and my God is with me. And if you feel like, you know, that you can take me out, then you, you know, you come on. He rode down a bicycle the whole way. Amen. But just like King David, just a f- few years ago, he died though, because he wouldn't accept everything with COVID and what was going on with COVID and they poisoned him and he died. And so anyway, he danced like David danced. So having a mind to work, having a mind to work, we know that the work is great. What does the Lord say? The, the, work, the, the work is gr- is a big work. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. What does he say? He says that the laborers are few. We don't just have over an abundance. He said the work is great. The laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. But I want you to look right here in chapter 4. Here, Nehemiah has his heart to build. He's recruiting these people. He says, but it came to pass that when Samballot heard that we builded the wall. Now, we see in chapter 3 where it talks about all the different people. And it's very specific. This one built this. This one built this. This one built this. And so, the Lord is saying the same thing about us. Mawa did this. Rama did this. This one prayed. This one gave. 
This one greeted. This one encouraged someone. This one prayed for this one. And he says here that when we built the wall, Sanballat was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox goes up, if a fox crawls up the wall, it's going to break the stones. And so notice what he says. Hero our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. I, I tell you what, sometimes you want to pray Old Testament style. <laughs> sometimes you, you want to pray like the Old Covenant. <laughs> old Covenant and, and, and Lord, you know, let... But no, the, the Bible says we're to pray. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. But he says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then were they very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. You know, that's the, one of the, the, that's one of the biggest men, ministries of, of the devil himself is to hinder. You know, Paul said on one occasion, he said, we wanted to come unto you, but Satan did hinder us. <laughs> you know, you know what um, the apostle Paul said, and I've always loved this verse. He said that there is a great door and effectual open unto me. What does that mean? There is a great opportunity for me. There's a great door open for me. And then, but he goes on to say this, and there are many adversaries. Don't you wish he'd leave that part off sometimes? There are many adversaries. There's a great door. There's a great opportunity open for us. And there are many adversaries. But see, Paul never, Paul never stopped there. Look at 1 Corinthians one day in your spare time and just look at all the things Paul went through. But you know what he said? And like in 2 Corinthians 4, he said that we are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. One translation said we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Amen. Amen. Who's ever felt like you got knocked down? <laughs> and then you just had to get back up again. Amen. Amen. You feel just like that. You, you feel like crying or something. <laughs> so the Bible says that they had a mind to work. You know how you spell ministry? W-O-R-K. Ministry is work. The Bible says work while it is yet day. The nighttime comes when no man can work. Amen. So we're not interested in just seeing... We're just going to take it easy and rest on our laurels. Why? Because we're, we're working. One day we're going to rest from our labors. 
But right now is the time to work. Right now is where the, the, right now is where the victory is. Right now is where, the, the, where we overcome. And the Lord left a few demons to practice on and to cast them out. Hallelujah. So we want to do everything in our lives, in the church, by the direction of the Lord. What he says, when he says, and where he says. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 1, Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. So, this is another verse that's always been a concerning verse to me because notice he says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Notice they still built the house. But it was all in vain and the Lord wasn't in it. You know, I don't want to just build something and the Lord not be in it. See, that's where struggles come from. That's where you, you, you feel a lack of grace. You feel a lack of, of ease in it because, because you're, you're doing it on your own. You ever just kind of like hit your head against a wall spiritually? And you think, man, I just, you try this and you try that and try that. Don't just assume it's, that it's the Lord. But, you know, after you hit your head 20 times, you think, maybe I should see if this is the Lord. Maybe the Lord doesn't want me to do that. Amen. <laughs> You know, if you have to force it, it's not God. If you have to force it, it's not the Lord. So, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. And so the people were ready for the work. Um, Look in verse 13. I'm going to keep reading. Therefore said I in the lower places... Behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, (laughs) which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. You know, remember Jesus one time he said, get rid of your sword. But one time he said, take your sword. So here he's saying, hey, you be ready to fight. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught, just like he prayed, that we return all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the harbingers, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. I mean, it sounds like King David. Remember David? Here he was anointed. He was a worshiper. He was leading his people. But you had Saul. The Bible says that Saul threw a spear at him one time. I mean, can you imagine leading praise and worship under those circumstances? You got to be like with one eye open. You're just like praising the Lord because you got a spear coming at you. 
I mean, that's, that's not easy. That's, that's what the Bible says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Endure hardness. <laughs> and he says here that the people, it says they had um, weapons in one hand and they were working with the other hand. For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side and so built it. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, you hear the sound of the trumpet, resort thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said unto the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which follow me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. I mean, they went to bed ready. <laughs> they woke up ready. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so just a couple things in this passage. The Bible says in verse 8, they conspired all them to come into fighting against Jerusalem to hinder it. That's what the enemy's going to do. He's going to try to hinder it. He's trying to stop the work. But what do we do? Verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. So what do we have to do? We have to pray. We have to pray according to the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit tells us to pray. We can pray in English, but thank God when we don't know what to pray for as we ought we begin to pray in other tongues, pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Why? Because when we do that, we pray for the perfect will of God. We pray for things unknown, things that we would not even know to pray for. Hallelujah. You know, I've heard testimonies in, in recent times where people like would be in a foreign land as missionaries. And um, there was this one occasion where they were in Africa, and uh, nightfall was coming upon them. They were trying to get back this person that had been um, um, taken and kidnapped. And um, right about dark, they hear these drums beating. And how, how many know that was not like a, um, just a nice cadence for, um, it was like a death sound. You know, it was like it, they were letting them know that, hey. And they said, well, what, what's that sound? They said, well, you know. They, um, they got their ransom, and they wanted these beads and different things. And they got their ransom, and so they're not going to get that girl back, and we're going to die too. And um, so anyway, the missionary said, okay, let's just pray. Let, let's just, um, and they said they had these big knives, you know, one swing, and it cut your head off. And they said, well, let's just commit our lives to God. And they, they kneeled down and said, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We, we, we're, our life is in your hand. And they're bowing down. And I think they even went outside the tent and did that. Well, they don't hear any more the drums. They don't hear the people. So they say, well, let me just look, you know. <laughs> you know, the Bible says watch and pray. So they looked around. All these people are bowed on the ground to worship them. 
And they said, what, what's going on? What are they doing? They're worshiping you. They're calling you God. Well, tell them to get up. You know, we're not, I'm not God. And talking through one of the translators, they said, what happened? They said, well, you know, we, we came down and we, we were going to come in and kill them. But there was two tall people, about 12 feet tall in white apparel with swords. <laughs> I tell you what, if you're a 12-foot angel, your sword's going to be about as long as those chairs right there. Drawn. You know, the Bible said that in the Old Testament that one angel killed 185,000 people. That's some bad boys there. What you going to do when they come looking for you? I mean, you, you better take off. <laughs> Hallelujah. So look here, he says, So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spirits from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. So all day long. Likewise, at the same time, said unto the people, Let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, then the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, save, saving that everyone put them off for washing. And then I want you to um, look in um, chapter 6. Chapter 6. He says, Now it came to pass, well, here's these guys again. Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. See, that's what the body has to do. There can be no breach. There can be no, what does that mean? That means that we're locked arms one with another, that we are not going to break rank. It's like, oh, um, the enemy's coming. Oh, I'm going to take off running now. No, you have, to, you have to lock arms and not break rank. And so he says, I built the wall and there was no breach left there. And though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me saying, come let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Oh No. You have to watch out for that place called Oh No. <laughs> But they thought to do me mischief. You know, watch out when the enemy says, hey, let's have lunch together today. <laughs> and I sent messengers unto them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Well, I'll leave it and come down to you. You know, that's a good question. Why should the work stop? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then sent Sanballat his servant to me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause you build the wall, that you may be their king, according to these words. And you have appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. <laughs> then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as you say, but you feignest them out of your own heart. What's he saying? You're lying about it. You're just making this up. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Afterward, I came unto the house of Shimei, the son of 
Deliad, the son of Mehetabil, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God. I mean, all of this is to get him out of his place of work, to get him out. You know, hey, you, you've been doing a lot for the ministry. You know, just, just calm it down. You know, don't be praying those radical prayers. Don't be doing all that work. Don't be doing all that giving. You know, you're just a little bit overboard. You know, you just got to be a little bit more balanced in your life, you know. <laughs> you know, the, the opposite. You know, some people think in life you have to be balanced. And they think that you do that by, you know, not being too much this way or that way. And I heard, like I heard a minister say, he said, why in the world do you invite me to your Bible school? You know, I get, in, I get up and preach this one, one week, and then someone else comes the next week and preaches something totally different. And then someone teaches something totally different. Well, we want balance. Well, you don't get balance by, by untruth. You get balance by truth. <laughs> you don't get balance by, well, you know, some of us believe, some of us don't believe. Well, can God really do it? Can, yeah, the Lord's doing it. Amen. Look what he says here. <clears throat> Verse 9. Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it not, be not done. Therefore, God strengthened my hands. And then... Um, Verse 10, he says, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. <laughs> He's still saying, hey, I'm not coming down to talk to you about little stuff like this. I'm staying and doing the work. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him but that he pronounced this prophecy against me. You know, the Bible says strong words about people that, that bring a wrong word and that, that lie and lying prophets. I mean, the Bible says you can prophesy or you can prophesy. So it's better to prophesy and tell the truth. And so... Notice what he says, but he pronounced his prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Samballot had hired him. You know, there are churches in the world now that have been paid to stay closed. Paid money from the government to stay closed. Moving right along. <clears throat> For Tobiah and Sanballat had hired this guy, what, to prophesy this. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so in sin, that they might have matter for, from an evil, for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works. And on the prophetess, Noadiah, that the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. So the wall was finished. See, that's not a good kind of prayer you want someone to pray over you. Remember, God said, Lord, Alexander the coppersmith did me evil. Remember him according to his words. That's not a prayer that you want to have prayed over you. Lord, remember him, all the evil he did to me. <laughs> so look at verse 15. He says, so the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month, Elah, in 50 in two days. So all of the work was done in 52 days. So 
the Lord said he's going to do a quick work in these last days. He's going to do a quick work in righteousness. Amen. I believe the Lord's doing a quick work in this church. He's doing a quick work in every person in here. A quick work. Why? Because we don't have time. He's going he's gonna to speed some people up. He's going to put you from second grade to sixth grade. And he's going to put you in high school. And he's going to put you, you know, right where you need to be in life. And so it came to pass that when all our, our enemies heard, therefore, and the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Say, you better believe it. <laughs> Amen. And so we see that um, um, all of this happened because one person had something in their heart. We have something in our heart today. And that's for the work of God. It's for people to be saved. You know, the Bible doesn't say that, that, that all, that many people are going on the narrow way. The Bible says that, that there are many, that broad is the way. And many go that way. And the Bible says that, that narrow is the way that leads to life, and few be that find it. Amen. And, um, you know, just, you know, especially just talking to different people. I mean, you know that every place, every place has its own devils and, and everything. But this, you know, this is a very religious town. But it's a very, when you say religious, don't just think, um, you know, don't just think um, religious in the sense of, oh, they, they don't speak in tongues or they don't believe in that. But, you know, this, this city, just like any other, has its witches, has its warlocks, has its everything. Amen. That's why, what's going to counter that? What's, what's going what's to reach that? The gospel. The power of God. Paul said, I didn't come, you know, just preaching a nice word and using a $50 word. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So you need some demonstration in your life. How are you gonna how are you gonna deal with the devil through the power of God? Yes. Amen. When when that devil wants to speak up, you tell him to shut up and come out in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's there's a minister in a, an, another nation that I've seen, and uh, this lady came up and she said she was a witch. And um, I think Kwame first told me about it, and then I found the clip. And um, anyway, she said, I am a witch for Jesus. He said, who are you? <laughs> Bishop Oedepo. And he slapped her. Now, that's when they say, don't ever go back to that church again. <laughs> he, and he said, he said, you are not fit for deliverance, and you are going to hell. And um, that's just, it's just a little different kind of preaching, you know. <laughs> They're not, he, he's not trying to get, like, everybody to come back the next Sunday. Amen. Down to business. And that's what we're, we're about, the Father's business. Amen. And so, every one of us, it's not just me 
and, and my wife, it's not just my wife and I, and it's not just you. It's all of us together. It's all of us together accomplishing something for the Lord. And everybody that's in this room, you know, like we say before, if we had to kick your blessed assurance to make sure you're there, then we'll do that. Amen. So get ready to work. Be a person of prayer. And then don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the enemy when he, he wants you to stop. Have you ever noticed what Psalm 1 says? Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? He's walking, nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So once you, you start walking and hearing their counsel, then all of a sudden you're going to stop. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. Yeah, I kind of wondered why that pastor did that. Then you start sitting in the seat of the scornful, and the, the ministry and the message that once blessed you now is a reproach to you. And that's what happens when people get, they, they are offended. The, 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 the thing that is supposed to, the word offense it means like a stumbling block, but it also means the thing and it, uh, the, the, the people that were supposed to speak into your life, now it causes you to be pulled away and they no longer can speak into your life. Amen. And so, what was my last point? Keep moving forward. <laughs> Keep moving forward. Amen. Just like, just like what happened to Nehemiah, there's going to be many things that are going to try to stop you and deter you. No, you shouldn't do that. Don't, you're, you shouldn't go to church on Wednesday night. I mean, don't, seriously. I mean, that's just too radical. You know, hey, you shouldn't be praying those prayers like that. You shouldn't be praying, you know, an hour in the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't be doing that. You're, you're just, you're out there. That's when you just crank it up. Turn it up. Turn up the power. Turn up the heat. Amen. You know, you, the enemy turned up the heat seven times against the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, I think we should turn the heat up on the enemy. Turn it up on him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 